0: This is Japan Baseball Weekly, the only English podcast covering all 12 NPB teams. And now, your hosts, Johnny Gibson and Jim Allen.
1: Hi, and welcome to the Japan Baseball Weekly podcast. It's for the week of August 9th. I'm John Gibson, and with me on a Sunday morning, a nice, cool, but rainy Sunday morning is Jim Allen. How are you doing, bud? I'm perfectly fine, thank you, sir. How are you? I... I am as well. I'm I'm surprised at that answer. It's early in the morning. It has been a very long Olympic Games (laughs) trudge through this whole thing and and covering and getting stories and pumping out copy and editing and headline writing and
0: all this stuff. So I'm surprised at that answer. Well, uh, I think that's the caffeine talking. Oh, drugs! All right, <laughs> send me some. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I don't. I'm not certain I would pass my uh, doping test this morning. I,
1: my only drug was a quick gym run because, like I said, it's raining, so I had to sneak over there, get a run in, and come back and get ready for the show. But we're we're here, and it's a good morning. Mm. And on this week's show, we've got a chat with Zach Neal. We're going to discuss Samurai Japan winning the gold medal at the Olympics. Uh, the return of the season, the death of a player, and a little bit more before we answer some high heat. So let's start swinging. We're
2: in the bases!
1: All right, people. Um, Yeah. Mask up. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> I'm not going to give up, though. I'm not no, gonna don't. It's still important to wear the masks, but... I think imperative is also just just stay away from people and stop talking on the trains, people. Yeah. I, mean, I barely talked to my wife on the train. Um, just, just don't talk.
0: Just I'm not certain talk. that's the best example, but yeah.
1: Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> Scratch that from the record. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, no, but absolutely be careful, uh, be careful and, uh, don't, don't include me in your, 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 uh, airborne expressions. <laughs>
1: or other ones. (laughs) I don't know those airborne expressions can come from other places, but anyway, uh, so. (laughs) Well, you can keep those too. (laughs) So as many of you know, Zach Neal uh, is a friend of the program. He's just a friend in general. He has been really gracious and uh, never hesitates to sit down and take time and and talk with us on the show. So we appreciate that. He's in his third year with Sabu and uh, obviously, we had a very powerful interview with him in June, and and uh, he was kind enough to join us on Thursday morning and talk some more. And uh, we have a conclusion, a, a conclusion to his odyssey with his family. So that's good. You'll hear that in the interview. And um, just like any player in 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 any sports league, he's fighting through the pandemic and dealing with the negative impacts that create hurdles because of you know the battle that it's ongoing. Uh, his record isn't probably what he would like it to be at one and three. His ERA is probably inflated, and in, in that he just hasn't been able to get a rhythm and and pitch. And so, uh, when he when he does give up runs and has to come out of games early, it impacts you know his his ERA. But he has pitched fairly well. Um, he talks about practice games in this, chat. He talks about missing games. He talks about the Olympic Games and the head games involved with the stress of performing in the sports arena. So let's take a listen to Zach Neal. All right. We're here with Zach Neal of the Sable Lions. He's joining us this week. Thank you so much for taking the time, buddy.
3: Absolutely. Always a pleasure.
1: And it's nice and cool these days. So <laughs> yeah, I know you're enjoying the weather, <laughs> but how yeah, are you I- doing physically?
3: Oh, physically I'm doing good, you know. Uh, it's been nice. We've had uh, some good time off um, with just with the Olympic break and just now last week getting into some practice games. Um, so, yeah, things are good. Just trying to, you know, do everything we can to be ready to go in a couple of weeks, actually. Yeah, a couple of weeks now.
1: Yep. So, I, I know, uh, because we talked before we began taping here, I know you're watching some of the Samurai Japan team in the Olympics. What are your thoughts about the team watching
3: it? Uh, I just watch it and just think that's my that's my nightmare, having to face these guys, all, <laughs> all nine of the best, some of the best hitters in the league, all in one team. I mean, that's, <laughs> I, don't, I don't see anybody stopping them, honestly. And once I found out that, you know, all the, players i going to be on this team it was just it's like man they, these guys have to be the clear favorite you know what I mean playing in their home country that's going to be tough to, tough to stop for sure
1: yeah well they're into the gold medal game and that'll be I believe on Saturday so a couple of days before the podcast comes out but what has this long break been like for you
3: <sighs> I wish I, I wish I could say that I liked it um but I just can't I it's not ideal um Especially when you when you look at my season so far, I mean, I got here late, just with you know not being able to come here due to government you know visa things with the American players. So I was already two months late. Mm-hmm. Um, I missed probably missed six starts because of that at least, and then I get into close contact at dinner with a player who has COVID, and then I miss another three and a half weeks because of that.
1: That was the Hiroshima incident, right?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I was just having dinner with, you know, like you would anybody else, just real normal. I mean, I talk with all my teammates, all the Japanese guys, and they're my friends, you know, so me and Genda were just talking. I think we both drive a Toyota Land Cruiser, so we were, you know, I was showing him my Land Cruiser, and we were just talking being normal, and then next thing you know, I'm supposed to pitch tomorrow, and, you know, hey, you can't pitch today, you're in close contact. I was like, okay, so that was frustrating, and then so I missed three weeks because of that, and then now I'm having to stop for a full month, um, just when I was starting to get in a good little rhythm, you know, only pitching in seven games, um, but I pitched, I think, in two or three, no, uh, maybe three games, and then the Hiroshima incident, and then now only four games, so for me, this isn't the break that I wanted, Um I was just I was just getting going, but for a lot of guys on the team, you know, these guys, the other starters have maybe 13 games, 15 games already. So right. for them, it's a, it's a nice break. But for me, you know, that's kind of the reason why I'm not. I threw over 100 pitches the other day. Mm-hmm. Just trying to get back into uh, really game shape, yes. and uh, kind of like up my pitch count. I plan on throwing over 100 again next week. So um, yeah, I mean. For a lot of guys, I think the break's been good. But for me personally, I, I wish we would have just kept kept rolling
1: through. But Right. And you think about how choppy things have been since last year, obviously, with the delay in the season starting yeah. and all kinds of things. So I know you guys are playing through a lot, and I hope fans understand that. Now, how much have you actually pitched during this break, and what are these practice games like?
3: I threw... Um I guess it was a week and a half ago, I threw three innings of the Giants minor league complex. Okay. Just to kind of get my feet wet again after. I think I, I took two weeks off from throwing in a game, you know. And then I did the three innings at the Giants place. And then last, um, last start, I did five innings at the Tigers. Um, and then next week on Sunday will be Probably around 110, 115 pitches at the Dragons, so it'll be inside, so uh, it won't be as bad as yeah. uh, being outside. So that'll be nice. Yeah, because
1: um, these, these mild summer days are, are a little bit hot for pitchers.
3: Yeah, I've got—I <laughs> I, I will say that I've—I've I've gotten used to it. That's—that's that's been one thing that's been nice about the break is—it's um, been really hot, and we've been practicing in the—in the heat of it. I—I mm-hmm. I will say that the first couple of days.
1: Probably the first three days, I was not used to it, and I was extremely, extremely gassed. Like, and, like butter in the sun, right? <laughs>
3: I mean, honestly, just <laughs> melted, and I was just throwing a bullpen and just gasping for air. Yeah. I mean, it was so hot.
2: Yeah.
3: And like you said, I'm, I'm a Texas guy, so I know the heat, but I think I might have lost some of my Texas, uh, Texas heat, because it, it's been shocking me, but over the break, it's been nice, because I've gotten to train in it, Um, and so I'm a little more used to it now, so it doesn't affect me as bad.
1: Yeah, now, what's the competition like in these practice games?
3: For me personally, I I don't really even, I don't even look at who I'm facing, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Like, I I just, I kind of work on my pitches. Last game, I threw a lot of sliders, a lot of curveballs, so I'm kind of working on my secondary game.
2: Mm
3: -hmm. Um, So I don't even, (laughs) it's almost to me, you know, and it might be different for other guys, but for me, I mean, i I'm not really concerned with results as far as, like, runs or hits. You know, last game I was really rusty, so I gave up a lot of, like, um, a lot of hits on some bad pitches that usually happen, you know, whenever I'm rolling good and in season form. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, it's just things like that um, that I don't really read much into. It's like, oh, I left the changeup up. Like, oh, okay, I know why. I know why I did that, so next time I won't. So things like that, and just working on the secondary pitches. So you know, it's nice. Um, I couldn't imagine not having the practice games. Sure. Um, but there's, you know, zero adrenaline, zero. It doesn't matter. You know right. I, mean? I gotcha. <laughs> My main focus is is not don't get hurt.
1: Right. right. Don't get hurt. <laughs> that's always that's always important. So how are they serving the intended purpose
3: then? Well, I think I think it's different for a lot of guys. You know, me, I'm an older guy. Um, I'm going to be in the rotation. Um, I had a good first first seven games. Um, I threw well. I threw how I wanted to throw. So for me, it's different than, you know, m- maybe a younger guy throwing right now is more of a tryout. You know what I mean? Sure. You know, they want to get some eyes on these guys that, because we do have some holes in the rotation that we need to fill. So these younger guys throwing, I think it, it's a little bit, obviously it's a little more important. Um, this is kind of like a tryout. Um, so I think it just depends on the player. You know, you got a guy like our other three starters. They're just trying to kind of get back in the swing of things like I am, um, trying to stay healthy and be ready to go when we kick off
1: gotcha. in a couple of weeks. Yeah, gotcha. So how do you transition back into games that really count? Because all of a sudden, I think it's just going to come up on you and they're going to say, okay, you know, we're back on. <laughs> These that's, games count again. <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, that's going into the next game. Um, I'll probably turn it up a notch a little bit towards the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And that comes more, not necessarily from a physical standpoint, but from a mental standpoint. Um, but when the games matter, I'm, ab- I'm, I'm usually able to flip a switch mentally and say, okay, let's go now. Like, it's time to go. Like, this matters. You know, and that, I think that just comes from being older and playing for, you know, 11 years. You know, I've, it's just a different a different animal, and I'm aware of that mentally.
1: All right, uh, let's change gears here a little bit now. The baseballs themselves, they've been really a topic in the, in the big leagues with the differences from the ball from year to year and, and seem, seemingly month to month. Uh, how, uh, how do the MPB balls compare?
3: Oh, they're completely, they're completely different. <laughs> it's not even close. The big league balls, it's almost, they're, if you don't use anything to throw them, they're, they're really hard to throw with, like, accuracy and command.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: When I was in the big leagues, I always used sunscreen and rosin.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: And that, to me, wasn't—I'm not trying to get spin on the ball. I'm not a spin guy. I just wanted a little bit of control. Mm -hmm. But over the last couple of years, as you've seen and as reports have come out, guys are using stuff, and it really is affecting their spin, which makes them a different pitcher. Um, And I think that was the problem. But for me in the big leagues, I always use sunscreen rods. and rosin And in Japan, I don't, I, I don't use anything because the balls are they're so nice. They're they have a little bit of tack to them, mm-hmm. so you don't you don't need anything. And I think the major league baseball, they could take a page out of the, out of that book and maybe implement that over in the states because the balls here really are nice. I mean, you can they actually come in like this foil, okay, and it, so when you get it, it's wrapped in foil. It looks like a space ball out of like you know. Aliens are using or something. Then you open it up, <laughs> and it's like uh, it's just, and they they do that so it uh, it retains the moisture in the ball, mm-hmm. from what I've heard. And um, I'm I'm gonna get you some so you can see. But as soon as you get it out of the out of the wrapper, you can use it in a game, and you don't need sticky stuff because the ball has that stick to it, and that's the difference. When you touch a major league baseball fresh out of the bag hasn't been hasn't been rubbed up anything. I mean, it's very slick and the seams are really 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 tight on the ball. Mhm. So you can't spin it like you want because the seams don't really provide much leverage on your hand. Okay. In an MPV ball, the seams are a little bit higher. It's a little bit smaller of a ball. Mhm. So you're just able to to throw it better. Simple as that. And the American ball, it's almost made to not throw well. It's (laughs) it's tough. And unless you've tried to do it in a game, like I I know everybody has an opinion on it, but unless you've tried to do it in front of 40,000 after you just got a brand new ball thrown out to you and the umpire and you can't even like hardly hold it because it's so slick and powdery. Right. I mean, it's tough. And um, that's why I had to use some stuff just, just for a little bit of grip, not to, you know, Make my pitches nastier, get my RPMs up on my spin rate. I'm not a big, I'm not a big uh, track man or sabermetrics, or I I don't really look into that too much. I have some things I look at, but sure, sure. These guys, I mean, you notice the guys that were doing it were four seam guys and curveball guys that were spinning the ball at the top of the zone and then breaking the curveball off of that. Um, That's who it really helps. So that's not me. Okay, Um, (laughs) but. It's a stark difference, for sure.
1: Okay. Um, Now, you also, uh, obviously, we had uh, some reports of some players, uh, including uh, one of your your teammates, Ernesto Mejia, who reportedly asked for his release and recently left to be with his family. So how much did you guys talk about his decision, or did you influence him, or did he come to you, or did he just tell you what was going on? How did that go down?
3: I mean, it's been a topic of conversation since the day we got here. You know, especially for a guy like him who has a five-year-old um, who really, really relies on his dad. You know, he knows his dad is gone and he misses his dad. Yeah. And he says, dad, when you coming home every day to him. So it was a topic for me and him all the time. You know, hey, man, like, what are you thinking? What What do you feel? He's like, man, I, it's so hard because he's old enough to miss me he's old enough to know that I'm not there
2: Mm.
3: I think that's the hard part you know you got guys like me and some other guys who have babies it's hard for the parent but the baby might not necessarily know as much Mm -hmm. but an older child who asks you every day like you know when are you coming home daddy so I think that weighs on him and it weighs on every parent obviously you've seen a lot of guys just say you know what I can't do it, and I think the list is getting pretty long um, of guys that are just, you know, saying like my family's well being is is more important than than being here right now, and that that's so tough because as a player, you want to do this as long as you can, but these circumstances have it's just really unfortunate, and it was really unfortunate for him because you know he was he was here with the Lions for so long, and that's not really the the send off that i know he wanted
1: um, that's not what i wanted for him right um, but at the end of the day like he's a dad he's, he's
3: a dad who had a kid who really missed him and a family that needs their father figure and i have so much respect for people that that do do it you know you got guys like smoke and i think there's some other guys now i'm i don't want to mention names cuz i don't know if it's official but you know you got guys leaving yeah. they are not coming not they're saying you know what I can't do it, and I hate that, and I hate that for the league. I hate that for the foreign guys here. It sucks, and I tell all the guys here because a lot of guys weren't here with me in 2019. I'm like, man, this place is amazing. Playing here is my favorite. Yep, it is so fun. You know, especially when it's sold out and like the games are important down the stretch and the fans are going crazy, like. There's nothing like it. But no one here the last two years has experienced that. Yep, not one guy. Not, not one, one guy. guy knows what Japanese baseball is like. And I miss that part of Japanese baseball.
1: Trust me, man, and, we I, all do. <laughs> and, I know,
3: and I know we all do, and I know that we're all in the same boat, and we all want it to be back to normal. But, like, I just hate it for the guys that have been here. And, they like, I don't want that taste in their mouth of Japanese baseball because – it's so great when it's when it's right Right. and i hope that over the next couple years we can get back to that because it is it's the best and it's so fun and um it's just a tough tough situation for definitely so
1: and you know we we i I don't know if it was five years ago or so but kevin love and the nba came out and talked about the mental health of players and we've seen that subject and topic come up a lot this year with Naomi, Naomi Osaka and uh, most recently her uh, name Simone Biles of the USA but I won't ask you to speak for everyone but how do you deal with all the stress and the pressures that come with being in this arena
3: uh, I, I mean personally I love that I love that that feeling of expectation um, I love toe in the mound knowing that I, you know, I, that I want to compete, but I think I've always been that way, but I think you, you do have athletes coming out talking about mental health and it does weigh on you. And especially I experienced this last year you know, when I've, I've been trying to get away from it this year, mm-hmm. um, in my pitching form and the way that I go about my day, not my day, but my game and mm-hmm. the way that I attack the game last year, I, there was so much, I put so much uh, pressure on myself. You know, I, the, my first year, I, I, I lost one game. I didn't lose for 20-something twenty outings. So I was like, okay, I just came back on a two-year. I need to do that every game. You know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I put that, you know, pressure on myself. That was hard. It's hard to live up to that. And I think that, like, that's kind of how I handle it is, you know, I prepare harder than anyone. I train hard every day and that's kind of how I handle the stress of the game. It's like, hey, you know what? Like, I'm ready and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to throw the best game that I can and that's all that I can really do. And that helps me in my mental and my um, my stress. That kind of takes the pressure off me. It's like, hey, you know what? If it goes bad, it goes bad. But you know what? I did everything I can to be ready. And if not, hey, I'm going to be here next week and I'll be ready to go again. And that's kind of like been my mantra my whole career and i think that's why you know, I'm, i've been around as long as i have um and had the success is because i show up i show up every day and i'm ready ready to rock and that's kind of the, the kind of pitcher that i am um you know when i take the mound you kind of you kind of know what you're going to get you know and that's kind of i pride myself on that i mm. want the team to hey he's going to be ready he's going to give us six he's going give, to give us seven innings might give up two might give up three or four but hey that's what it is and let's go and let's 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 do our best to win you know so that's uh that's kind of how i handle it but it, it is stressful
1: yeah but i like that ready cool. to rock ready to rock is, is awesome yeah. I, i'm you know the running the running helps me deal with a lot of stress yeah i mm-hmm. kind of stomp it out yeah, <laughs> <My> yeah
3: <laughs> absolutely
1: so now let's talk about the good news personally i understand your wife kiana and your little daughter Braylon are in the country, and they're still in quarantine, but they'll be with you next week. So how did that come about? And uh, obviously we worked yeah. on that big story of which you were mm-hmm. part of the focus, and they're finally here. So
3: Yes, uh, yeah. they uh, made it. They, uh, my wife's a superhero. I mean, to travel that far with that small baby, and I'm not sure if you've traveled out of the country, but coming back into the country now in Japan, it's about a three- or four-hour deal to get to your bag. You know, with the COVID testing, with the paperwork, customs, yeah, three hours. So,
1: yeah, I did it once. (laughs) Yeah, alone. (laughs) Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, So first, she's—I mean, for her to do that, it was amazing. And then, yeah, so we've been applied for a visa under medical circumstance a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Um, I was forced to hire a nurse at home to help my wife with. and my daughter um so there was medical medical grounds for a visa and that's what we were approved on and so yeah they they made it and uh, i look forward you know just to having them here the last three three months i mean three months doesn't sound like a long time but when your family's at home and you're here it is it is a long time
1: Um, it's better than zero (laughs) yeah
3: exactly so i mean it'll just be nice to have them here that way You know, because sometimes I think when your family's not together, especially too, like you're not, you are present here, obviously, but mentally, you know, you're not all the way here because you're worrying about stuff at home. Are they okay? What can I do to help? Um, So mentally, I think it'll be freeing as well. You know, Mm -hmm. hey, my family's here. Like I'm, everything, everything's here in Japan now. So like that
1: mental, um, you know, the, the unit being together will be nice. All right. Well, I have an idea what you're going to answer this or what the answer to this is going to be, but I'm going to ask you anyway, what's the first family activity you guys are going to do when they join you?
3: Oh, man. Just, just hugs.
1: Well, I mean, after after the hugs and everything, I I figure you're going to be changing a diaper. (laughs) That's what that's what my answer was.
3: (laughs) Yeah, changing diapers, cleaning cleaning bottles, all the all the things that a dad's supposed to do. But you know, we love going on walks Mm -hmm. Uh, as a family. We you know we go on when in the off season we probably do one a day at least. Um, So I, I just look forward to that. You know, we just go as a family out walk and take her outside and you know just kind of be be in the moment we usually leave our phones at home and just kind of hang out together so that that'll be uh, top of my list for sure
1: alright well stay hydrated keep little Braylon hydrated as well and say hi to your wife yeah. for me and uh, congratulations
3: yeah thank you It's uh, it was a long long journey for sure and I hope uh, actually it was nice the uh, MPV did say to all the foreign players that their families can come now so that's good news
1: awesome news awesome news Yeah. all right we appreciate your time again and hope to hopefully we'll have you on again uh, later in the season yeah let me know sounds good all right appreciate it thanks all right so uh what a great time for zach he said his wife and daughter are out of quarantine on tuesday so that'd be if you're listening to this on monday that would be tomorrow uh, the day after the episode dropped. so there were a lot of things to enjoy about this chat. So, uh, what would you like to comment about, Jim?
0: Uh well, first of all, if you'd see me listening to it in the in the car the other night, <laughs> I was I just had this perpetual smile on my face. <laughs> I was just enthralled by this, and I want to, I want to, I think you know when Zach gives up playing baseball, I, I don't know who who would offer a job as somebody who's an advocate for humanity. <laughs> but when I, I listen to this, I think about, you know, people who really care about other things and, uh, who are, you know, team players in the biggest sense of the word. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, more power to you, uh, in all, all your endeavors, because I really enjoyed that. I mean, I thought all the points were quite good and I also want to, say, I love the questions. I wouldn't have thought about asking a couple of the questions, and I'm I'm so glad you did, Uh, especially about Ernesto Mejia, because I know Ernesto, and I know his wife, and uh, and the way he put it was so stark and powerful. Hmm. And I also know that uh, I guess the one thing he didn't mention was, uh, which we did last week, was how how the lions responded to his leaving, which is right. the, the lions were heartbroken, you know, that he had to go. At least that was the feeling I got that his teammates, his, uh, you know, the general manager, he, uh, Hisonobu Watanabe mm-hmm. said, you know, this is just, this is the pits because he's uh, such an important part of this team. Right. So, uh, so there was that, it, there was pretty much everything, but I, I, I think what I would want to comment most about is the topical stuff. And I, and th- everything was topical. So that's sort of uh, hard to break down. But I'm going to say uh, the most topical, which is uh, the ball. Mm. And because there was a lot of discussion about that with the Olympics. And then we had been um, engaging Zach on a kind of secret mission and uh, which I'm, <laughs> it's a secret. So then we'll leave it at that. Thank you. <laughs> but but uh, the, the talk with the Olympics was people using a ball, which is similar to the, uh bowl used in Japanese pro baseball. The maker is different. Uh, Japanese baseballs are made. Uh, Japanese pro baseball uses uh, balls made by Mizuno. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the WBSC balls used in the Olympics are the uh, SSK balls, but they're, they're similar. It's also a Japanese maker, and SSK used to make balls for Japanese pro baseball as well. And, uh, the, you know, the, the U.S. pitchers are going like, yeah, we want to use these in America. And the interesting thing I read was, well, you can't because, well, first of all, you can't because those horrible balls they use in the States now. <laughs> and I'm, I'm digging on this, actually, because this reminds me of my first time going to the winter meetings in 2004. 15 or 14, I don't remember. Uh, Listening to people say, I was so used to having players come to Japan, coaches coming to Japan, scouts come to Japan and say, look, it's not how we do it in the majors. As if there was a ruler. (laughs) The major leagues were a ruler and if you weren't above the line or you weren't in line with what the major league Uh, doctrine said you were somehow substandard and you know you're not a you know this is not the, the expression is this is not how we do it in America was essentially saying you don't do it well enough
1: well, yeah, we, we we have had an editor at our paper when we worked together who used himself as the standard for everything. So Yeah, yeah, yeah
2: pretty
0: yeah, much. I know,
1: about, I know about Major League Baseball doing right. that. Right, so that totally was the thing.
0: And so I was quite taken back at the first winter meetings when uh, fairly knowledgeable baseball writers and some you know, team executives said, yeah, we should look into the way they do it in Japan. And they were talking about, for example, taking at that time, uh, MLB had a lot of times where teams would play 12 or 13 days straight. Mm-hmm. And they were saying, we should look at trying to get teams a day off every week. Uh, the yeah, way they do yeah. now, which they actually sort of implemented through, I guess, with the the new CBA. So that was one thing. And another one was staggered playoffs, you know, to give some advantage to teams who who had actually won won something. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the attitude was, you know, our ball is the best because we're MLB. Our players are (laughs) the best because we're MLB. Our minor league system is the best because we're MLB. Oh, wait. Oh, what what was that? Your leg chains are too tight? (laughs) Well, (laughs) suck it up because we're the best. (laughs) So, so that's, that's the way it it has been. But at the winter meetings, I'm going, wow, this, there are people who actually have other, you know, have, have an open mind and, and I've, discovered some of that. Of course, I saw an article yesterday, which made me believe now there's still morons running the show over there, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, the talk about the balls was, has been quite a surprise. Of course we can't MLB can't do it because MLB uh, a year and a half ago bought their, their ball manufacturer. Right. <laughs> so they really can't do anything about it, <laughs> which was hilarious because uh, Rob Manfred, we came up at the it was it was a,
1: the MLB you know, the, commissioner. Yeah.
0: Yes, MLB commissioner Rob Manfred uh, a year and a half ago at the winter meeting said, "Well, we can't be in charge of the quality control." And somebody said, "But you own it." Oh, said, well, nothing's nobody's perfect <laughs> <laughs> because they were. It's like they reach into a can
1: and pull out excuse A, and if that doesn't work, they just reach back into the can and I, the next excuse.
0: it was exactly how it was. and every you it's like those. It there's about I walked in on the press conference at the media room, kind of, oh, there's something going on, and he's talking, and I saw some friends there asking questions. I'm going, what's going on? And I, oh, he's talking about the ball and i'm I'm going. like when he said, we can't, you know, how, how do you expect us to make good baseballs? You know, nobody can, can <laughs> predict this. And he just said that they bought the company to ensure quality control. And he said, well, we can't ensure quality control. He just said like, like 30 jaws drop. <laughs> so, so that's, uh, yeah. So, so this is kind of a fun topic. Uh, Uh, But SSK said in one story reported, I don't know if it was Dylan Hernandez from the Los Angeles Times, is doing a lot of good work over here. And and he's he's an American (laughs) born uh, who speaks Japanese. So he was I guess he talked to SSK and they said, look, we we get all our materials in Japan. It would be really hard to to suddenly start start producing like the zillion baseballs they need for MLB hmm but uh but yeah so that's the thing and i love zach's description of that so that the mental health which was which was a great question uh the family stuff which was a great question uh and then the olympics which we're going to get into <laughs> yep all right um
1: yeah I, I obviously i was impressed with what he said about the balls but the samurai uh, japan team when he said loaded and that, you know, he was thinking, oh, he's so glad he does not have to face those guys. And, I, you know, look, I don't know how the U.S. went about putting together its team. It just seemed like we had released guys. We had up-and-coming players. We had guys who were veterans uh, playing in uh, MLB for a while. And then we had some NPB guys. We had a couple. So... It was, it was kind of mixed, and I think when we talked on the show last week, I said, look, I, I don't expect this team. I'm rooting for the U.S. I'm always going to root for the U.S. team to win, but they're overmatched. I mean, the guys they put out there for Japan and didn't even – I mean, let's let's also include the fact that they didn't bring their best players, but – uh, we'll talk about that when we get to that part. I just, I, I just like what Zach said about the whole thing, uh, the whole aspect, and I, yeah, I got the sense too that he, he might be rooting for the U.S., but he didn't think they had a chance to win, and, and, and that was clear. But I also liked what Zach said about the baseballs, and I, you know, for him to break it down and say, look, when the balls, when you get them, they look like they're from outer space. They're all wrapped in foil individually, and that's so, that's so Japan, right? Because when you go and buy. A lot of times when we sell candy or, or some items cookies and things like that when you get them they're in a they're they're packaged but let's take chocolate chip cookies for instance they're they're just lined up in their own little rows and not individually wrapped but in Japan you go and buy cookies they're all individually wrapped inside the uh, the packaging so to hear the baseballs are all individually wrapped like that and they come and they, they maintain their moisture and I'm like, I don't even know what Major League ba- Baseball is doing with its baseballs. I mean, why is this even a thing? Why is the supposed? And, and I and I know that the, it has the best players. So I'm, I'm saying supposed because I I'm, I'm trying to bash them in a way that's <laughs> politically correct. I don't know. The alleged best best league in the world can't properly take care of its baseball so that guys don't have to use all this gunk on their hands. To play the game you should be able to take a baseball out that's the one thing about Japan right when you t- when you go somewhere and you buy something the setup is always easy right you go and you get a new modem well they, they color code it for you this cable goes here this cable goes there and you don't even have to read the instructions you just you just set it up and you're off and going and it makes sure that everything is easy for the for the customer and here we got in baseball you've got in major league baseball guys have have to get all this garbage to put on their hands and uh, just so they can take the baseball let's let's make the baseballs better in in major league baseball so that we heard Hirokazu. Sawamura so of uh, the Boston Red Sox talk about. It. He said, "Hey, we don't have this problem in Japan. What are you guys doing? You know, why is this? Why is this a big problem?" So I I, I like what Zach said about that, and um, hopefully they can fix that problem. You know, and stop shaking down the pitchers over there and forcing them to <laughs> take off their <laughs> pants and unbutton their shirts and yeah, what is work this? over their gloves and you know, you're, I mean, yeah, exactly. What is this? What is it? It's the What's Transportation
0: Safety Agency or something. You know, yeah. But again,
1: big congratulations to Zach uh, having his family able to come over yeah. here. Now, he did say that his his family had a medical situation that uh, uh, he p- uh, applied on those grounds to get the exemption. But uh, then he did say that a lot, of, a lot of teams are able to have their players' families come over now. So it's not such a big deal. So hopefully in the second half, uh, we'll see a lot more happy faces out there on the field. I know. I talked to Leonis Martín of Lotte Mary. He said he has four kids, so <laughs> they're all in school. I doubt that they'll all come over, but it would be nice if they can take a trip over and, and see him play and hang out for a little while. That'd be nice. So that's just really good news. It was good news to hear, and uh, hopefully Zach sends a family photo when he, uh, uh, or he at least tweets out a family photo when he meets up with the with his girls because. Uh, I know it's going to be a nice moment. So,
0: I mean, I, I would I would say about the the visas because, of course, we had mentioned last time that Scott McGuff's wife and child were in Japan. And I did and I, maybe you yeah, I, I believe I did because his wife was posting stuff on Twitter. And if if I hadn't, I am now. But okay, I y- think
1: of the yeah.
0: correct, and who is pitching for the for Team USA in the Olympics, and. What I w- wanted to say is that the way players were allowed into Japan tells you a little bit about Japan, which is rules are everything, but that rules don't always mean what they say. And and no, that's rulers. Uh, well, okay, okay, the people hold on. in charge. Yeah, yeah. So the basically. Non-residents are not permitted into Japan at this moment. But if you're essential, you're allowed. Like if you're somebody who's, you know, is cleaning up after a nuclear disaster or you're a doctor with a special requirement in Japan suffering a, an epidemic or something, they will let you into the country. Or if you're a baseball player and or a <laughs> soccer player and baseball and soccer are being played in the Olympics, we can consider that you are essential for some you know aliens might attack on tuesday reason Hmm. so so that's why you know these guys a lot of these guys are in japan because they basically said well there is an exemption let's apply it to these people you know on the case that there are eight days next week. It might happen. Who knows? <laughs> so uh, that was so that's how the players got in. And then the family and then they the, the players instantly ran into the problem with the families. Well, they're not essential. But wait, and I'm I don't want to I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to to disrespect Zach or say, you know, he was like cheating to get his family in on a medical exemption. I don't know the details, but my guess is pretty much every player could probably go to the, you know, go to the uh, immigration office and say, can we get a visa? Because uh, my wife's nose runs uncontrollably (laughs) because they want to make an exception. They don't, (laughs) They, You know, we've got this rule, no residents, but we also don't want it to apply to people we like. We want to apply it to people we don't like. Then that's how Japan works. <laughs> the rules gotcha. are there, and the rules are hard and fast, but... Until they're not. <laughs> until they're not, right? If If you're... If you're uh, a friend of the the government, if you're a friend of the establishment, if you've got a big company behind you. And you're willing to do the paperwork. (laughs) And you're willing to do the paperwork and, you know, and sit through, you know, go through all the the hoops and stuff. Mm -hmm. Then pretty much, yeah, come in. Oh, you know, and it's it's hard to imagine them keeping you out. Uh, If you're not one of those people. And I had this. I had this. Uh, you know, this is the digression. I had this experience at the immigration office uh, yeah. a number of times back in the day, where I would ask, I I didn't like, you know, what should I put here? Should I check this box or that box? And mm-hmm. the clerk was basically stumbling over himself to explain, you know, which. Make sure I had the right box checked, and if I didn't, to make sure I knew what I was doing, and he was really polite. Mm-hmm. As I'm this, you know, clean shaven, white looking American guy, and uh, through a group of uh, young Latin fellows maybe three or four of them came up asked very politely and humbly can you help us too and he said there's an explanation in spanish on the wall he shouted at them in japanese go over there we're not here to serve you oh yep
1: (laughs) yeah yeah
0: been there (laughs) right so you know it's a rule but you're good and you're not yeah 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 Uh, the rules
1: are somewhat murky too sometimes so, yep. and how they are application of the rules the rules I'm sure clear.
0: that's not I'm sure that's uh, no different in many ways from uh other countries but Japan is like other <laughs> countries Japan is like other countries only sometimes more so <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, I was going to say, yeah, I've been there, but it wasn't here in Japan. It was back home in the States. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I know that. Okay. I know the feeling. All right, let's move along. Let's make a four-seam transition and talk about Japan winning the gold medal at the Olympics, blanking the USA 2 nothing in the final. So, again, I was confident the MB- MPB stars would win this tournament. And even without the likes of Shohei Ohtani, Yu Darvish, uh, Kenta Maeda, Yusei Kikuchi— who else are we missing? Shogo Akiyama. I don't think Hirokazu Sawamura was a, a, ever really a consideration. So I won't mention uh, that he was not there, but he certainly would have been available had they needed him. Uh, and I, I again, it wasn't like the U.S. was overmatched or anything. I just thought they just were not going to have enough when it came down to it. And, um, you know, again, the U.S., the, the, the Japanese team fielded a team that I thought could beat anybody Uh, out there understanding that not every country sent its top top player maybe South Korea did um, but obviously the U.S. did not um, the Dominican Republic did not because there's so many Dominican players in the in the major leagues who didn't just weren't able to come over Mm -hmm. so um Given what the Japan team had, I I thought it was hands down the best team. You just got to go out there and win. And so I thought at a poignant moment, I don't know if you watched TV last night, uh, but after the game, they were interviewing some of the players. And in studio, they had Kazuhiro Wada, the former Seibu Lions and Mm -hmm. Chunichi Dragon Star. And he was almost brought to tears. I mean, he he really had to compose himself not to break down and cry at the NHK Mm -hmm. studio in which he was based. But... I thought, okay, well this this was a mission. I I saw it described somewhere as a mission for Japan and it was obvious. And um Atsunori Inaba, the manager of the Japanese team, was was emotional. And the players were I mean, you know, there were a lot of young players out there and I think this was uh, for some of them like the first time winning on a big stage, so they were really happy, but I think all of Japan had high expectations and um really decided that th- that this was the tournament that this was japan's tournament to win and so when the team came through i th- i thought it was real emotional for the whole country it well, just seemed that way to me
0: it was japan's tournament to win for the fourth consecutive olympic baseball tournament
1: well i mean the oh, i thought <laughs> let's look at it this way the team that the that japan brought the circumstances that the team was playing at home and uh uh, the attitude going in, I thought this was Japan's team.
0: Well, I thought, I thought they've they've had. Uh, I mean, even even the the Sydney 2000 team, which was which was six Pacific League frontline stars and a couple of Central League reserves, because the Central League wasn't wasn't on board because the Yomiuri was not an official Olympic sponsor yet.
1: And that was the year the U.S. beat them for the bronze medal, right? Uh,
0: that's the year that uh, South Korea beat them for the bronze medal. Oh, okay. and, and the U.S. won the gold medal. But that was a team, Daisuke Matsuzaka and Johnny Kuroki and Norihiro Nakamura. And uh, even and some of the amateurs were... That was an outstanding group of amateurs. I mean, that, that team had uh, Shinosuke Abe... And uh, Norihiro Akahoshi, who was starred for the Hanshin Tigers, was on that team. There was some outstanding amateur players on that team. They should have won the gold medal then against a bunch of uh, top U.S. amateur prospects. But they didn't it was a thing. Japan was supposed to be the gold, was the gold medal favorite in Athens too. And they didn't, they lost to Australia in the semifinal. And then they were the gold medal favorite. And there's no reason they were, they couldn't win the gold medal. I mean, in, in Beijing, they, they, okay. They, they picked some older guys, but it was still a good professional team. But the, the pressure is just amazing. Japan, has a thing about the Olympics that is almost hard to understand. They rever the I think it has to do with the Tokyo Olympics and its effect on the country. But when you say Olympics, Japan stands to attention. Mm. It's it's quite remarkable. It's not like it is in in many other countries. And then baseball in the Olympics and the support that baseball gets for the Olympics in Japan is Is a hundred percent, you know. If the Olympic team wants it, they get it. So the fact that they they basically were always beaten by they they had played in those three tournaments, seven games against South Korea and and the U.S. and they lost all seven. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then they lost to Australia in the in the two thousand four semifinal to Chris Oxspring, who was you know who had a good day, but. It wasn't really that great of a pitcher. Sorry, Chris. Uh, so that's... Japan basically had a history of crushing expectation. And I thought that expectation was just as... Probably even higher this time. But that's the where Japan is in the Olympics. So I, I don't think this tournament was any different in, except the fact that it was in Tokyo. It was at the Tokyo Olympics, although the games were not in Tokyo. So... Getting to the to the actual games in, in the U.S., uh, I thought the U.S. team was really scrappy. I mean, they yeah. did. There there were there were there were about four guys who are going to be quality major leaguers on that mm-hmm. team, mm-hmm. and I will. I'm going to be surprised if uh, it's going to be harder now for the DNA Bay Stars to keep Tyler Austin next year. Yep. And it's going to be harder for the soft bank ops to keep Nick Martinez next year because major league teams are going, we saw you in the Olympics. You you must be really good as opposed to like, <laughs> you're really good in Japan. <laughs> you must be really good. <laughs> because we saw you in the Olympics and yeah. that's the way it works. So uh, I thought they were really scrappy. Uh, Japan was a little, still a little tight, but not tight like they had been in t- from 2000 to 2008. Yeah. And yeah. And of what I said before, watching guys like Nick Martinez who have uh, better than average stuff, you know, I in a major league average to, you know, a plus pitch and a bunch of average quality major league pitches. But when they command that stuff and they know what they're doing with it, they're really tough. And he was really tough. He made he made a few mistakes and he got lucky and he got unlucky because Munetaka Murakami put a good swing on a on a change up that he missed and just got it over the fence off the end of the bat. Um, you know he could have got hurt in the first inning, but he pitched a really good game and. Japan scored one run off him in six innings, and that happens with you know with, with good pitchers having good games. So even though America was overmatched, they stayed in the game. But it was, yeah, it was, they shouldn't really have been, <laughs> I mean, there shouldn't have been any doubt that Japan was going to win this unless it was South Korea.
1: Yeah, I, I you know, I thought about uh, Nick Martinez starting that game against a bunch of All-Stars and how deep he would go into the game. And then I thought, well, I I figured he would keep the U.S. really close and uh, it was not going to be a big deal until he left the game. But I was impressed by the U.S. relief squad because they didn't really they didn't give up an earned run. The Mm. the run was unearned. So I was impressed with those guys as well. You said scrappy. I I thought they played. uh, And I think Mike Social was quoted saying saying that, you know, they 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 left it out there on the field. They really did because uh, I didn't expect that kind of a close game. I, I thought once Nick left, it was maybe going to they were going to just put some more space between themselves and uh, and the U.S. players, right. but they didn't. So it was no. a 2 nothing game, and like you said, Munetaka, Murakami he hit a solo home run in the third inning, and I think that pitch, that particular area of, it was up and away, and yeah. I think the Chunichi Dragons know that area well because he's blasted about three home runs <laughs> off, of, off of their pitchers on that on um, pitches in that same area, but whether they were fastballs or changeups. So that was not a thing. But I thought Masato Morista, the carp uh, second-year pitcher. Very good. On. Yeah, and then Hiromi Ito uh, of the fighters. I thought maybe skipper Inaba went to him a little too much, went to that well, and especially when he brought him out for a second inning. I just thought this is this is not what I would be doing when you've got other weapons in the bullpen and he gave up a hit and he was gone but I thought Suguru Iwasaki bailed them out of trouble and pitched really well and yep. Ryoji Kuribayashi just I mean he, he made him nervous with the one hit that they that he gave up but he closed the door in and it was you know Japan went 5-0 and oh in this tournament and sure. uh, came close to losing
0: the two sorry, games I mean, they came game from game. behind again
1: yeah, they came close to lo- lo- losing two games, but really, I didn't think they—I never thought they were going to lose either one of those games. Even when they fell behind six-three to the U.S., I thought, well, you know, now the onus is on the U.S. pitching to stop them, and now they're mm. they're, mo- they're ro- motivated, so I thought that wasn't a big deal. So,
0: yeah, uh,
1: really impressive run by Japan, I thought.
0: Yeah, they had they had you know the the three weak spots were the offense. Uh, cramping up like usual in the Olympics, the first eight innings against the Dominican Republic. And then from the ninth inning of the the Dominican Republic game, their opening game, the offense played fine. Mm -hmm. You know, the guys hit, um, you know, Suzuki Sayed, who I expected big things because of his tremendous 2019 Premier 12. He was probably put all the pressure on himself. You know, I can do this, I can do this, and probably tried to do more than he could. And it wasn't until sort of like the last game where he, he kind of relaxed. He appeared almost relaxed. Oh, appeared to almost relax. <laughs> but I guess that, that stolen base attempt persuaded me that he was still putting a lot of pressure on himself. Yeah. Because yeah. when well, he looked like he was running. On, you know, like somebody had tied cinder blocks to his shoes. Yikes! Well, you know what I used to tell Tyrone was, "Hey, man,
1: when you're out there on the, the bases, put down them groceries." <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so that happened, and then there were the, you know, the three bad pitching outings by Masahiro Tanaka, which was one bad inning from him. You know, f- three good, three good innings and one bad one, and and the two by uh, Koyo Oyagi. but uh, Oh Yagi. Koyo aoyagi excuse me of the hunching tigers but the rest of everybody else was pretty much up to snuff and they played you know if if my my colleague said what's your prediction for this i said if it was simply on talent japan's probably going to win this game five to one or you know six to one or something but it's it's hard there's a lot of pressure i suspect it'll be closer um so that was, yeah, that was Japan. I was quite sad about South Korea's end because uh, they just got, you know, they just looked a little deflated after their loss to Japan and never quite got over it. I think they we're so not used to losing to Japan and the Olympics. Yeah, and the thing I thought about, I mean, we got to see at the beginning of
1: the pandemic last year we got to see a lot of korea right uh, korean baseball so i watched some of the kbo guys and i just noticed that they're they're not detail-oriented pitchers but the guys they bring to these uh international competitions are oh man yeah but they still were not able to pitch with the other teams and i thought that was their downfall in this tournament.
0: i saw we saw one the one the guy who pitched uh for the Dominican Republic excuse me for South Korea against the United States in their uh semi-final uh the 19 year old Lee Lee Mm -hmm. well I was really impressed by that kid Uh, and they took him out and then the game went south but uh they they do have guys who can pitch I mean they do have guys who can really play but I think this time they were the you know they put the pressure on themselves usually it's a it's a I, we were talking about pressure in japan uh, i'm not certain japanese peop- mm. japanese people understand pressure like like korean people understand pressure yeah,
1: yeah. Well, let's talk about that quickly. Just talk about that 7-6 win over the U.S. the first meeting. And uh, that was August 2nd, and it went 10 innings. And like I said, the Japan fell behind 6-3 at one point. But obviously, I didn't expect that to be the final score or anything close. And uh, it ends up being a 7-6 win for Japan. And I, I thought everyone was talking about the failure of the USA to attempt to bunt in extra innings with the international tiebreaker in effect. And that's starting the, the extra inning with runners on first and second base. And I I didn't think that was the case. I didn't expect the U S to bunt. I think they've, uh, people in the major leagues have all scrapped. And I mean, major league organizations through a, a full organization, scrapping of the giving away of, of outs, via the bunt so players don't work on it and i don't i don't i didn't think it was an option for Soshi to say hey uh, you're a speedy outfielder just bunt for us uh uh for the, i think that first batter that they had in that situation so so they end up not scoring off of kuribayashi and then japan just bunted and uh eventually scored and everyone made a big deal of pointing well why didn't the us bunt and i, I didn't think it was that simple because you can't ask people to do what they're not used to doing, what they don't work on. So I, I didn't think that was an option for the U S and they just didn't get the hit, uh, to get the runner over. And that was that, and they didn't score. So, um, the, the Japan ends up winning that game and yeah, I saw a lot of stuff on Twitter, but,
0: uh, yeah, Twitter,
1: yeah. I don't, I don't use Twitter,
0: <laughs> but I did like, you know, I, I, there, there were, it was, it was, uh, by far the best Olympic baseball tournaments so far. Of all the ones I've seen, I I can't, to be honest, I don't recall much of the 1992 and 1996 Olympic baseball tournaments, but I have been wrapped uh, since the pros took over. So you don't
1: remember yesterday, so you're ahead of me.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, age equals even more selective memory. I gotcha. So.
1: But it was was, good. Even the third place game yesterday with the Dominican and South Korea teams, Korean teams um, having a seesaw battle and then the Juan Francisco getting a home
0: run <laughs> doing yeah Late. Do, yeah yeah, doing his merengue out on second base that was pretty cool yeah. so um yeah there were lots of things about that uh there were lots of things to enjoy about this tournament we had a guy who's been a you know pitching for Mexico who's been a star in Taiwan we had the for the first time we had uh non we had teams using Asian talent, expatriate Asian talent on their teams when the major leagues wouldn't. Mm. So that was that was big. I thought the Dominican team is just a fun team. You know, a bunch of older guys, a couple of young prospects, uh from the who are in the U.S. minor leagues, Eric Mejia and such, and they were a, a really fun team. The Korean team was also fun and and two of my favorite moments were seeing uh, the D- Dominican game against Israel when they won, the teams coming out and, uh, you know, I get Ian Kinsler and uh, Jose Batista coming mm-hmm. out and, you know, and greeting each other and the players showing so much respect. That was, that was really a big thing. And uh, also when the Korean Dominican game, we didn't see that the Koreans were so in shock and so, uh, you know, so, so down I mean that game when uh, Lee, Lee Jung Bum used to play for the Chunichi Dragons. His son was the was an outfielder with a Korean team, mm-hmm. and there's no way he was going to get he was going to get Juan Francisco's double. It was, I mean, he was you know he was shifted he was shifted to right field, and the thing went into the left center gap, and it hung up a little bit, but there was pretty much. You know, Andrew Johns couldn't have gotten that. Right. <laughs> and and he he had to compose himself, you know, propping himself up against the center field wall before they could re- resume play.
2: Mm. He was so
0: crushed by that. But after the game, when the Dominicans came off the field, Kim, Kim Hyun Soo, the South Korea first baseman who played on the the 2008 Olympic gold medal winning team and played for the Orioles and the Phillies, uh was he made the final out of the game and as he was on first base the dominicans all came back past him and kind of gave him the intro treatment oh yeah so, I, I,
1: by the time i got to that point the broadcast had gone off for me so. okay
0: so that was something that i really admired i thought that was great um so it, it was it was a tremendous tournament and i was very happy i was sad to see uh south korea because south korea really cares about this but
1: yeah lost that close game to japan and it was just you know they mm-hmm. it was a 5-2 game and that was on wednesday and they it was just some funky footwork around first base that you know they couldn't turn a double play and right. it kind of gave it, japan an extra out and uh Three runs later, you know, <laughs> they were down right. by three late in the game, and then got closed out in the ninth. So, yeah, unfortunate. But-, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Very memorable tournament, and I enjoyed seeing the games. All right, now making a uh, two seam transition. We had a, a, a pitcher a shocking report. Yep. I mean, I, I kind I had seen uh, reports of Yusuke Kinoshita of the Chunichi Dragons that he had collapsed and um, uh, he was in the hospital and. Uh, but there were just minimal reports about this whole thing if you weren't looking for it, you wouldn't have found it and then on Friday morning, stories broke that he had passed away and uh he's twenty seven he had uh collapsed during a practice back on July sixth and he had been in the hospital and uh I'll tell you this because um you know obviously we're there are reports out there so i it's not like I'm breaking any news here but uh, he did have the vaccine and uh, one paper I did see saw, uh, I just read the headline cause I, I, it's not one of those reputable newspapers. It's one of those trashy sports dailies, but it said that, uh, that, that there was a link between uh, this player taking the vaccine and then his collapse. I, I don't know that to be the case. And I, right. it could be, it might not be, um, you know, there's a risk to anything you do. So, uh, but uh, Yusuke Kinoshita, uh, again, a, a guy who was injured last year. In fact, I think I was watching earlier in the season. Um, it was this year he was injured. I'm sorry. Um, but he was uh, pitching in the with the, the Dragons, and then all of a sudden I, I, he went down. And uh, I was watching one of those preseason uh, broadcasts, and I saw him go down, and he ends up having surgery, and he's trying to work his way back from that. These teams are families, man. This is this really has to be awful for the Dragons, regardless of what he was. The first player taken in the developmental draft that Chunichi uh, t- uh, used their developmental pick on in two thousand sixteen. So uh, he did earn some top team time last year and picked up a save and looked pretty good at times. But he was a hardworking guy who was trying to get, you know, tr- trying to get on the team and make some contributions. Not not a prospect or anything like that, but. You know, these teams are like families, so if one guy goes down like this, it really can have a profound impact on how the players think and how they value life and they take a step back. And It has to be tough on the Dragons, and we wish hitting coach uh, and friend of the show, Alonzo Powell, uh, as well as the whole MPV community, we wish the best, and may he rest in peace. But just awful news for uh, a team that has been struggling since winning the Japan series in 2007. And uh, they, obviously they got back a couple of times to the Japan series, but haven't been able to win it. But um, yeah, this is just awful news, awful stuff.
0: Yeah. The, now, uh, yeah, I would say with John that you, you always want to be careful about the information. Uh, he ha- right. had his second vaccination and one of the stories I read was you know, he, he was so eager to come back, and he was doing strenuous exercise. And when I got my second jab on Wednesday, the doctor said, don't do strenuous exercise. And right. for me, that was a no-brainer, because not because I'm, I'm averse to exercise, although that's partially true. Mm-hmm. My colleague, my coworker, went out and he did his, uh, his weight training after his second shot. Mm -hmm. And he spent the rest of the evening being nauseous and feverish and wiped out. He he recovered the next day, but it was, he got, he got quite ill.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And so for me, I'm thinking, I don't want to do that. (laughs) And apparently this was also Kinoshita's recommendation. And one of the, one of the side effects for some younger recipients of the Pfizer and moderna was a coronary inflammation mm-hmm. and you know we don't we don't see baseball players dropping over in no. practice very often. We see it we see it with uh, soccer players, football players when young guys seemingly indestructible young men 24, 25, 22 keel over from heart trouble because they didn't know they had a heart condition. And he uh, did not have a history of heart condition. Uh, I can only guess that you know he he might have suffered from the inflammation and was a motivated to recover from his injury as quickly as possible and B felt like a young athlete and indestructible so my what I want my point is and I do get to a point now and then is... Ah. Listen, <laughs> listen. Is that me? Is this thing on? <laughs> My bad. That's what that's what we call the the hot mic. Yeah. Okay. So, sorry, Mike. The the the. I guess the moral of the story is: listen to your doctor. You know, don't don't take don't take your health for granted. <laughs> right. Listen to your right. doctor. So if he says don't exercise, use caution. You're yeah, we're not that's... indestructible. The vaccine will will keep you safe, but use caution. Okay.
1: All right. Let's go to fielding questions. All right. So a couple of months ago, <laughs> we got a question from NPB card guy via email. That's Dave in Baltimore, and he says, "I remember somewhere in one of Robert Whiting's books, he talked about baseball analysts." using a player's blood type as some sort of meaningful predictor of how well a player would do. Is this still a thing? I only ask because the blood types for the Japanese players are included in the biographical information on the backs of their baseball cards. So, uh, Dave, I can tell you this. I I, I don't know. I I haven't done any research. I don't think it's a thing, but it could be some consideration among teams. However, when I came to Japan back in 1990, Someone at the place I was working asked me if I was blood type B or not. And I said, no, you're way off. Why? And they said, well, blood type has some connection to personality. And I said, oh, really? So I go on about my business. And all the time I've been here since 1990, no one in this country has correctly guessed my blood type based on personality traits that they observe. So my mother-in-law, the other part of this story is my (laughs) mother-in-law... instead of taking the teaching moment to deal with my wife's laziness or bad habits, says, oh, well, she's just a type A, A, B blood type. What what are you going to do? And I'm like, no, no. What are you going to do? You're going to get in her face because you're her mom and (laughs) do some parenting even at your age and change the behavior because this is not acceptable. And this is what I have to deal with when you're gone. Oh wait a minute, is it still a hot mic?
0: Hashtag <laughs> <high>. <laughs> Yeah, anyway. Mike's 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 being a pain today. Yeah.
1: Anyway, well, anyway. For me it's just more of an excuse or folk folklore than a real thing, but I think some Japanese people believe it, so you know what they say if you believe it, you know, it can be true. <laughs> or something like that. What, if it works, then then believe in it or something like that. But Jim?
0: Yeah, great. I mean, that's, uh, I, I I have my anecdote, which is uh, the first time when I came to Japan, of course, everyone asks uh, the blood type and, the, and they say, you know, what blood type are you? And we Americans typically say, um, I don't know, red. And well, that's uh, not true. Well, I, that's not true for military
1: people because we. you. No, to it's know, not. Blood types. Yeah, yeah,
0: we. So. OK, well, I I, I ain't uh i was not a, a, a navy brat so <laughs> okay well my father was a was a career naval guy <laughs> that's why but uh no i didn't know and then my ex assumed that i was type ab because it seemed to match my sort of up and down personality you know my my quirkiness And so that was what I was. Mm -hmm. And so when I the the day the first day I gave blood in my life, um, probably three or four years after we were married, she I I came home and reported my blood type, and she said, "You need to go back to the Red Cross and tell them they got it wrong."
1: I remember you telling me that story.
0: Yeah, so so there's that. The reason it's on the cards, and uh, the reason it's on the cards is because people buy these things. It's in the players, you know. People, uh, there are people who care. There are consumers who who eat this stuff up. So they put it out there. I don't think the, I don't think the coaches pay much attention to it. Of course, there's always the. Uh, you know, we had the great story on my, on my blog, you know, Leon, Leon Lee saying about how, you know, he could get a, uh, Leon Lee saying about one of his teammates could get a night off by having a bad BP, you know, he's tired and didn't <laughs> want to play. So he'd go up and look, look awful in batting practice and the coach would say, okay, you're benched today. <laughs> nice (laughs) so so there's that i don't think that's a blood type thing but uh japanese baseball tends to be more more i think more so than the u.s baseball extremely focused on small sample sizes Mm. so yeah there's that
1: Oh, i like that My, go back go back and give more blood they got it wrong buddy maybe she just wanted you to give more blood
0: <laughs> uh i am not going to cast aspersions further but that was i mean that's that's not an unusual response actually but um uh, but yeah i don't want to cast any aspersions that's water under the bridge okay
1: all right uh so uh next week the well, this week, the games, yeah. of the regular season is going to resume. Uh, we've got games starting on Friday, so that should be fun. Uh, I'm going to be watching to see if the Tigers are going to finish this thing off, uh, finish what they started in this first half with a pennant, or do the Swallows make a run? They're only actually two and a half back in the race, and the Giants are two games back. And, you know, the Central League race for the pennant and the playoff spots is going to be awesome. And looking at the uh, Pacific League, the the Hawks, the Eagles, the the Marines, the Buffaloes, yes, all vying for. Yeah, almost forgot. Almost forgot <laughs> the first place team. Almost there, Almost forgot the first place team. Yeah, we have to take them seriously. They played this well so thus far. So we have to take them seriously, and uh, we obviously do. Uh, we've expe- had expectations, and then we just we just we just hit the off button on our expectations, maybe the pause button, but. Uh, because the team doesn't have that uh, it just doesn't have it hasn't had what it takes to put that those things together in and, and, and get W's on the field, but we obviously respect the talent that the buffaloes have. so yeah. uh, so it's gonna be fun to watch the second half and that gets underway on Friday after this long, long break and we made it through we made it through the Olympics and everything else. so yeah it should be fun to get back to to baseball and to doing the uh, Pacific League english channel so make sure you go there and check starting on friday we'll uh, have some clips up and um get that restarted and we will talk to you next week too at, at the usual time so mm-hmm. i've been enjoying not having to stay up and pull all-nighters on sunday but that that that's gone <laughs> i have to resume that uh start next week but it's fun it's fun i like doing the show.
0: So. <laughs> it, is fun. No, it. it is fun. i'm it glad is. you're enjoying it i mean i do enjoy it as well uh yeah, I'm. I'm sort of trying to manage my time better so that I, you know, don't spend and I'm not up every Monday morning until four or five in the morning.
1: <laughs> That's probably a good idea. That's probably a good idea. All right, Dave, we appreciate your question. We do for uh, us uh, taking so long to address it. Anyone else who has a question, hit us up at JBW Podcast on Twitter with the hashtag High heat. Send questions via email and mp3s to y-a-k-y-u-j-o-h-n at gmail.com and hit us up on the Facebook page. Leave comments, questions, uh, suggestions, and even topics if you want us to talk about something. Sure. So we'll talk to you next week. Enjoy your baseball. See you at the post-Olympic ballparks.
0: Follow the hosts on Twitter at J-B-W Podcast and at J-Ball Allen. And feel free to submit your questions by email or tweet with hashtag HiHeat. Thank you for listening to Japan Baseball Weekly.